Good evening, everybody. How are we all today? Good. Um, we're so thrilled to have you here. Thank you all for coming. Um, April is Autism Acceptance Month, and tonight we have a great opportunity to learn some creative activities on iPad um, and how they're helping kids explore their emotions. And to kick us off, I'd love to introduce our guest speaker for tonight, Craig Smith. <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much, everybody, for coming out this evening and for having me here to have a talk through, uh, as was said, some of the learning activities and some of the ways in which we engage emotional intelligence and work through emotional understanding with children. So we're going to have a talk through uh, what emotions are in children and the way in which they develop and having a look at some of the really unique learning activities that we uh, do with the iPad to generate further emotional understanding in children. So um, we're going to have a little talk, and then there's a question and answer session at the end that we can have a talk through anything that we'd like to cover then. So one of the things that uh, we absolutely love in, in our school, so I work um, for Autism Spectrum Australia and uh, work in the Aspect Hunter School up in Newcastle, and one of our big core points of passion for us when we're working with children is using their special interests and we love the utilization of the interests and the passions the kids have to generate really interesting learning experiences. So uh, this, this is myself and a colleague in, in our natural habitat just out the back of our school in our Minecraft helmets and because we know that Minecraft is a really uh, ubiquitous interest amongst a range of our children. So the question for us is how can we use something that our kids love to really help them access functional life skills and goals uh, in, in, in a really interesting manner. So a big part of what we do in our school is to try and really get to know our children, get to know who, who they are, what makes them tick, and work out how we can create learning experiences uh, with the iPad and with a range of resources that we've got under our sleeve to really push children forward towards goals around social skills, goals around expressive and receptive language, uh, goals around personal behavioural understanding, and particularly around emotions, which is the focus of this uh, talk here. Because emotional regulation is something that it's not, it's not something that children naturally just acquire. It's, it's something that often needs to be really explicitly taught, particularly for our children on the autism spectrum, it needs that really explicit instruction. But certainly for all children, uh, there needs to be a great deal of help to have them understand what feelings are, what, what emotions are inside of them, so that they can start to build up strategies to help themselves to really regulate uh, the way that they're feeling in really healthy ways. One of the, the really difficult parts about working with emotions and children is that you can't see feelings and you can't see what's happening inside the, the, the head. So we need to work out ways of visualising the experience for children so that they can get an understanding of what's happening inside of them. We, we do things, I mean, this is just a very simple little uh, way in which we might use colours to start to talk about feelings. We might uh, talk about blue, being sad, being feeling a bit down and bored. Green might be that optimal zone of happiness. This, this is a really lovely place to be. Yellow, you're in that more frustrated, you're getting excited, the emotions are starting to build. And then in red, you've sort of lost control and you're no longer in control of your emotions and you're starting to feel quite upset. 
And so from something like this, it gives us a really interesting starting point to start to talk to children about, well, what, what does what you're feeling look like and what does it feel like? And, and that's a really interesting starting point for us because what we want children to do and what emotional regulation is all about is to be able to consider how it is that you're feeling and to think, where do I want this feeling to change to? So what can I do to get this feeling, to get this maybe this red, angry, unsettled feeling? How can I change that into something that's more positive and more, more happy and makes me feel like I'm in a good place? And that process is something that is very difficult for children to acquire, and it's something that we really need to think about how we tap our kids into that learning experience. There's something that uh, a, a colleague and I, he's here this evening, Mark Deary, um, have put together that we use in, in our school around a feelings hierarchy in terms of trying to work out how children are stepping through their understanding of emotions and where they are with being able to reflect upon their, their own feelings. So when, when we meet children, we look at this as being the really earliest stage of, of emotional understanding. Can children identify that feelings exist? Do you know what, what is a feeling? Can, can you go through a magazine and look at the faces inside of that and consider that person's happy, that person's sad? To have an understanding that feelings objectively exist is something that, um, for some children, that's the first step that they need to get to to understand that an emotion is a real thing. Once they understand of that ob objective existence of feelings, we move then into that identification of own feelings. So for a child to be able to stand in front of the mirror and to look at themselves and think, I'm looking happy, or I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling frustrated. So to be able to rec recognize that they themselves have these feelings inside of them. That's our next step that we want to help children to move through that process. After that, the next level of development is to be able to identify strategies inside of themselves that they can use to express how they're feeling. So if a child is feeling really angry inside of them, how do they share that with someone else? And how do they communicate and let someone else know, I'm feeling really frustrated, or I'm feeling really anxious? So we need to give them tools through which to be able to share that experience with others and to be able to manage that, those feelings. The next step after that, once they've started to acquire that toolbox themselves, is to then accurately identify the feelings of others. So to be able to look at somebody, to be able to pick up their facial cues, their body language, the sorts of uh, emotional gestures that they're giving out, and to think, what is it that that, that person is feeling? And for, uh, for lots, lots of our children, that process of empathizing with what another person's experiencing internally, because it's so hidden, is a really difficult thing to think about what it is that another person is doing that generates a particular emotion. The final step that we want to have children get to is to be able to identify the relationships between their own feelings and the feelings of others. So how is it when I feel a particular way, that might change the way that someone else feels? And what sort of things are, in, are, interest, are involved in that relationship? For our children uh, in our school, that's where we'd be doing a lot of work with modelling play with other children and giving prompts to children like saying, uh, when, when you shared your train with Tom, uh, that made Tom smile and made Tom very happy. 
or when you took that train away from Tom, he started to look a bit frustrated. What, what do you think Tom's feeling now? So that your, your feelings and your behaviours are impacting upon someone else. So when, when we look at that hierarchy, we need to think about ways of making learning experiences uh, that are really relevant to our kids. And when we first heard about the uh, Pixar movie Inside Out coming out last year, we immediately saw this opportunity uh, to really tap into what was a very motivating uh, force that our kids, the moment the trailers started to go live, were very excited to watch the movie and go and see it. And as teachers, we thought, what sort of learning experiences can we create out of this movie and put them into the classroom environment to help our children work through that emotional hierarchy and start to recognise their own feelings, the feelings of others, in a way that uses their special interests to, 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 to access that. This is uh, one of the pieces of research that the Inside Out movie was based on, because I think it's, it's interesting to note that it wasn't just uh, you know, a piece of fiction that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fictional narrative, but the, the uh, theory within what makes the movie tick is generated from a really um, interesting understanding of what emotions are inside all of us, and particularly inside of children, and the way in which they develop and start very simple and start to become more and more complicated as time goes on. And for our role as parents and as teachers to help our children to be able to give a name to their feelings as they start to become more and more com complicated as they interact with others and, and start to grow. So what, what we did at our school is we put together uh, all the sort of learning resources that we'd been building across our classes, uh, so from, uh, from quite young classes, young children, right through to sort of more high school-aged uh, workflows that we were doing with kids, and we coll collated them into uh, an iTunes U course that's been hosted uh, free on, on, I on iTunes U for educators around the world and for families to access and download uh, the sorts of lessons and the sorts of ways in which we're approaching this emotional regulation and this emotional intelligence with children. So what, what I thought I'd do is just talk through a couple of uh, really simple examples of the sorts of lessons that we've got inside of here, and then it might be something that if, if, you, if you're interested, you could follow up with later to see a bit more of the, the bigger workflows that we're doing with, with our kids. So one of the fantastic things that we found uh, with, with using Inside Out in the classroom was just the amount of resources that were available uh, on the iBook store that were uh, scaffolded depending on the level of, of uh, age and the level of emotional understanding that kids had. So there was this uh, box of mixed emotions, was a lovely storybook, uh, very visual, very, very, very colourful text for young children to start to get that initial identification of feelings and what is joy, what is sadness, what, what does it look like in a really easy to access way. Then for some of our older children, uh, there were storybooks up on the iBook store. This Driven by Emotions um, is a fantastic little collection of short stories that we, we could read as a class and that kids could read for homework and for us to talk about the next day at school or for families to access and read through. And then for us, particularly I guess for a school with children with autism, we're always trying to find really visual ways 
of, uh, of showing stories to children and having students engage with stories. And we, we love this was a cine story. So it was like a graphic novel version of, of the movie. So we were able to, in class, uh, read through this graphic novel version of the Inside Out movie. Very visual and was a, was a really lovely starting point to a few of the activities in which we um, worked through later. Because one of the things that we can do uh, if we've got a book on, on iBooks is to take a screenshot and then to use an app like Book Creator to visually annotate over the top of this. I'm not sure if I've got a screenshot there. I don't, but we could take a page like this and circle some of those characters and say, pick out all the angry characters in this scene. Let's just sort of draw over that and circle the angry characters. Or let's look at who's, you know, how's, how's the child feeling in this screen? Let's, um, let's circle that, let's annotate that, that the child is sad. So we're starting to get the kids to really engage in, in a comprehension of what's happening in, in these books. So I've just got a few little learning activities now within the Inside Out course that sort of go further in, into those um, emotional lessons that I'm talking about. One of the things which is a, a very simple uh, resource is just uh, the, the utilisation of photos and the util utilisation of making albums of photos for children. It's something that uh, is often really overlooked, I think, in, in families to have a really lovely visual catalogue of the sorts of experiences that, that, that you do with children, but to make the time of an evening or make the time on a weekend to sit and really talk through the sort of photos that you're taking on family events or um, school events or whatever you might, you might be, be doing and to talk about the way in which they're feeling and the bigger context to those things. We've got a lot of children who get very anxious of an evening about going to school the, the next day and you know, they, they, they don't want to go to school and they tell their, fam their, their parents, I'm, I'm not going to school the next day. We've found that having a uh, very simple but just a photo album on the iPhone or the iPad of the sorts of experiences that the child loves doing at school is a really lovely visual reminder to that child to be able to talk through, look, look, look at all the fantastic friends that you've got at school. Let's look at all the lovely things that you love to do in the classroom. And while it seems like such a simple connection, actually taking the time to sit down and look through photos and talk about the context there with children is some, something that, that we often miss. And it really builds up um, a lovely level of emotional un understanding for kids in that way. One, one thing that we do too um, with this app, Paper, this is something that we've been doing for about a, a, a year now. And it's a built out of an art therapy idea of drawing circles of different colours to represent a bit of a visual data diary across the day of how you're feeling. And the way it works, when we think about the four colours that we talked about earlier, uh, where we've got blue, might be sad, green, optimal happy zone, yellow, starting to get excited or a bit frustrated, and red, I've lost, um, lost control and I'm quite angry. What, what we do in paper is we get children frequently across the day to draw uh, circles of a particular colour for how they're feeling. So at the very start of the day, we might come into the classroom or you could do this at home on the weekend. We say, okay, how are we feeling? It's nine o'clock. We're going to draw a circle in the middle of the screen for the colour that we're feeling. And if the child's feeling uh, good and happy, they'll draw a green circle. Fantastic. 
We might check back in with them an hour later. We say, all right, we've been doing some activities, we've been doing some stuff now. How, like, how, how are you feeling now? And again, the child might feel green and happy. They do a green. Say at school, the child might then go outside to recess, they play a game, um, and uh, they come back in, and they've been playing handball, and they're really excited, and they've got a lot of energy. We ask them to draw a circle now for the colour for which they're feeling. They choose yellow. Hopefully, they're able to accurately understand how they're feeling, so they pick the right colour there. And then maybe they're so excited that they have a bit of a run-in with a peer, or they're not quite ready to do a particular piece of work, so they go from yellow to feeling quite angry and red. Once we've had that angry experience, perhaps, and we've talked through that, and to help this child to, to, to debrief a bit, we might help the child to say, well, listen, you, you uh, went through that red zone there. Let's draw the circle there. Come back in an hour. How are you feeling now? You're back in, into the green zone again. That's fantastic. And what it does across the period of a day, if you're doing that every hour at school or if you're at home on the weekend and it's something that you'd like to do at regular time increments, it builds up a really lovely visual diary of how a child's feeling. And for some children who, say at school, where we've got kids who maybe they had that experience where they got excited at lunchtime, they came inside and had an argument with, with, with a peer, they might then go home in the afternoon and say to mum and dad, I've had the worst day at school, everything went wrong, I'm absolutely, I hate everything. And when you reflect back upon what their actual day was like, and you can sit down with the child and visually say, well, let's take a look, because we, we started out really happy, um, late, late in the day was happy too, recess, you were excited, you had a bit of frustration then when you came back in class, but we worked through that, and the rest of the day was happy. It was only a very thin slice of the day where things actually went wrong. And while children might just solely hang on to that bad experience and think that's what characterised my entire day, if you're able to build into children that perspective of thinking that was just a little slice out of a big day, and most of the day went very well, it really builds up children's perspective and putting things in context with how they're feeling. And it's something that we've found to be of great value. The other thing that is good too is if you're keeping a bit of a diary of this, you might be modelling it too. You might be doing it at home with yourself and showing your children how you're keeping track of how you're feeling. It's something that you, you, you can go back through with your child. Maybe every Monday morning, there's a lot of these red, yellow circles. Maybe things start to go, um, you're noticing some patterns there across the week as to how they're changing and feeling, which gives you more insight into being able to pick up on some of the triggers that maybe are thinking, well, Monday morning is a very stressful time for my child. What can we do Sunday night to help to make things a little more settled, a bit more relaxed? So it does give some good information in, in that way. We, we love too, and this is something that we frequently do, there's a series of apps, I mean the, the Toka Boca apps for anyone who uh, has used those are just my perpetual favourites for kids, they're beautifully built social skill um, apps that let children play and share with others and Toka Life have a series, they've got Toka Life Town, Toka Life City and Toka Life School and what it does it creates a little dramatised um, experience where you've got all, the, all these little characters inside a real-world setting, and you can move the characters around and have them get into different experiences. And what, what we do with this, uh, we have our children, say, go into Toka Life City, they might go to a restaurant, and we start to talk through things like, what, what in this situation makes you feel really happy and at peace? 
what in this restaurant would make you feel a bit anxious? You know, what, what sort of noises might be happening in, in the restaurant? What sort of, what might be the, the busyness around you? And so you start to getting the children to think through the situations in which they experience in real life, but in a simulated, modelled way within an app like Take a Life City. And what we can do there is when we've had that little play and we've pushed our characters around and talked through these different experiences that kids are having, we can use an app like Book Creator to take screenshots within Toka Life City and make a book where children can look at the sorts of experiences that they enjoy having and can annotate and add text to that. They could add their voice where they're narrating the sorts of things they enjoy doing. I mean, we've got a screenshot here of some children outside of a pizza shop, and we've, they've just added a, a, a little text box there that they love eating pepperoni pizza with their friends. So you could create a lovely little book of all the sorts of experiences that your child really enjoys having in, in, in the city when they go to a restaurant or when they go um, to particular activities. You might also uh, make a bit of a book where you're going through diff different emotions. What things in the city make you feel a bit upset? what things in the city start to make you feel excited, what things in the city might make you lose control. So you're getting children to really think about the sorts of situations that when they're in, they start to feel different ways, and it might start to give those children more reflection over, well, the next time I'm in a restaurant, I'll have a bit of anticipation that things might be very noisy, things might be very busy, so I won't just, uh, I won't just necessarily fall into the angry, um, upset space I usually, usually get into. I'm anticipating it a bit more, so I'll know what, what, what to expect there. And as a parent or as a teacher, you're able to model and guide children through that process too. So those were just a, a, a quick few little um, activities. I thought I'd leave you with just three takeaway things uh, that you, 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 you can sort of do now, and then we can have a bit more of a question and answer to talk through some experiences. But I thought uh, one thing is if, if you did want to access our iTunes U course um, on the exploring emotions inside and out, it's got uh, really like a bit of a month's worth of learning resources and lessons and activities there that you, you can download the lesson plans that we've made there. Uh, it's certainly something that's sort of hard to share in a, a brief forum like this, but if you just sit down and go through and work through those lessons, you might find some really interesting links there. We've built our own templates and resources uh, within the course that are uh, freely available for you to access as well as a family or as a school. I thought the, the second thing would be that if you're not already uh, making albums of photos in your family or your class, to really think about, and I know everyone's taking photos every second of the day, but how often you actually collate those and put them into little albums that you could sit down with your child and talk through the experiences that they're going through and start to reflect upon the bigger context of those experiences for kids and to highlight the emotions that are being experienced inside of that is, is a really powerful thing and a very simple thing to do. And the, the third thing uh, that I'd leave, leave you with is to consider looking at an app like Paper and that documenting of emotions and using that sort of art therapy, colour, uh, circle output there with children. If you've got a child who is particularly anxious or particularly needs a focus on recognising how they're feeling across the, the, the day, something like that is a really simple strategy to help them to recognise those patterns across the, the day. Um, so, I mean, thank you very much. I, I hope that 
uh, when you do get into the course as well, you'll be able to see uh, the wonderful ways in which we, we absolutely know that the iPad is a really unique tool at accessing the emotional intelligence space for our children. For our children on the autism spectrum, it's, it's always been an amazing resource, but it's lovely just to see the way in which it's generalising further across um, building up these capacities and skills inside children. So thank you very much. And I think um, we've just got a little brief uh, question, question and answer. Uh, now, I think there's going to be some microphones around in case anyone had had any questions and you can ask me anything about the course or about um, emotions in children or autism or what, whatever comes, comes to mind. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't wait for the applause. Hello, Craig. Hello. I just walked in at the end of your talk, really. Um, but I find this tool really interesting because I think as adults we actually need it, to be honest. Yeah. Like being um, conscious of our emotions. For adults, we call this mindfulness now, which is very yes. boring. Yeah. Um, and art therapy and um, photo albums and other ways are, are really great for creativity. I guess what would the difference be between um, a solution created for kids versus adults? Yeah, I think that, that's a really good question. And it, 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 makes me think, it makes me think about something that in schools, um, I'm often working with teachers to, to get them to talk about their feelings more with kids in the classroom. And it sounds like, like I always think these things sound very simple. Like why wouldn't you talk about the way you're feeling in front of children? Why wouldn't you model the sorts of ways in which you know, your emotions change across a day? But it's so often something that adults don't do and don't make explicit. One of the simplest things that um, I say to, to the teachers that I work with, say, in, in an adult capacity with, with the way in which you would model, say, some of these experiences, is just at the start of the day in front of the classroom to even just give a running narrative to children about, I woke up this morning, um, you know, I put some toast on, I was feeling really, 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 really great, I had my favourite song was playing on, on the radio, and I was dancing so much to the song that my toast burnt, and I started to feel like, oh, I'm always burning toast, and I started to feel a bit frustrated, but I thought, you know, that's okay, I've got a whole loaf of bread here, I'll chuck out the burnt piece of toast, I'll get a nice fresh piece, I'll put it in, and I'll focus. And when you're modelling to children the sorts of ways in which your feelings can change, and the sorts of strategies that you use when you're starting to feel in, in a bit of a negative space to get back into that really healthy, ha ha really healthy happy mode, I think that, almost sort of narrative therapy of talking through that with kids and modelling it as an adult is really important. But you're right, that the, the sorts of learning experiences that we do here with kids are so naturally... Um, they naturally equate with what adults often, you know, reflect upon as well. Because it's something that I think our children often lack in that emotional understanding because we're not necessarily demonstrating it ourselves and modelling it ourselves. And particularly with our kids, we have to be very explicit about that. So I think there's lots, there's lots of good links there. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I think there's a mic coming, sorry. <laughs> um, that was awesome, thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a three-year-old. My friend also has a three-year-old. <laughs> Do you think that some of the activities in the course would be appropriate for kids as young as as young as three? Yeah, I absolutely do. I do. And a lot of our, um, uh, the children at our school start at uh, three, three years and, and, and ten months. And it's something that we think very young age is a lovely time to start modelling really, really big emotions. Like, I, I often think about um, 
we're always saying we need to sing more to our children. We need to be really big emotional because we're not, we're not necessarily modelling all that stuff as well as I think we, we could be. And the sorts of um, activities in, in the course, particularly, say, the Inside Out book, the, the really, really young one for children that goes through the different emotions, for someone who's three to start to really identify this is joy, this is what happiness looks like and feels like, this is what makes me happy. What, 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 what makes you happy? And what do you look like when you're happy? And what does it feel like? For me, it's when my face goes big, it's when my body feels relaxed and happy. And then to talk about things like um, when you're starting to feel a bit sad, you know, my, my tummy starts to feel a little bit wiggly, you know, my, my hands start to droop and I walk a bit like this and I think, what, what can make me get into that better space? I think the more that we're modelling that stuff and using you know, resources like that, very visual ways of talking through that stuff, I think it's, it's, it's got to be helpful. And, and you can't start. I, I don't think there's ever a point in which you wouldn't think that you could start doing that with, with young children. Yeah. Thanks very much. Oh, we've got a mic up. Hi there. Um, I just sort of been dropping in and out because I've been up with the geniuses. Um, <laughs> But I actually work at a school in which we have an aspect satellite class and within there they do, uh, they use a program to communicate those verbal cues so you can look up any word and they've got those, those pictures. Yes. I was wondering if there was like, I'm not sure if you know, but an app equivalent to that particular, I can't remember the name of the program. Yeah, so that, so that app is called um, Pro, Pro, Pro Loco to Go. And it's uh, an AAC tool, so it's an assistive and augmentative communication tool for children who uh, they might be non-verbal or they might just need assistance in, in really explaining their thoughts and, and give, giving them a voice to express themselves. So um, Pro, Pro Loco to Go on, on the iPad or the iPod or, or I mean any sort of iOS device is, um, is a brilliant tool and it's something that our, our children need to, to give them that voice and it's something, something that is just an amazing resource. And um, it's not something in this course that we, we utilise, but we've got another, um, I, another iTunes U course called um, the iPad Model Classroom. And if, if, you, if you searched for Autism Spectrum Australia in, in iTunes U, we've got a number of courses, but the iPad Model Classroom one has ProLoco to go resources and tools there that might be interesting to follow up, up on. Thank you. I like I give a silent nod. Microphone. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thank you. Um, I imagine with the work you do that uh, it's quite volatile uh, and three-year-olds are quite volatile as yes. well. How do you intercept at that yellow stage mm. in order to bring that self-awareness on? Yeah, you're totally right because that, that is the only stage at which you can, can do it. We always say the red zone is a non-learning time. It's not the time to try and teach a child to say, look at how angry you are, let's think about what you can do now. It's a time, it's a time to make it safe. You know, when, when they're read, we say make a safe space, let the child express what they have to express and do what they have to do in safety. But at that yellow zone, that's when we, we need to be really, really getting the child to understand what is it about them that has changed? So what, what, were they, 
what did they look like and what did they feel like and what were they doing when they were in that green zone? And now that we can recognise, they might not be able to recognise it, but we can see that they're starting to go into that yellow zone, their voice might be starting to rise, um, their body's getting clenched, you, 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 you can tell that they're changing. That's when we need to be very explicit to children to say, I can see the way in which um, you appear to be becoming quite frustrated, your, your voice is going up, your, your, your hands are clenched. What's some ways in which we could come back down into a happier space? And I think it's really crucial to have a toolbox, and we, I mean, we use often a physical toolbox where we have a folder up on the wall in our classroom, say, where um, it's got the child's name, and within that folder, um, it's got little visual examples of what they could do when they start to move into that yellow zone. So we might say, one of the things that you can do is, you know, have a drink of water, go for a walk, find an adult to talk to, get some space for yourself. But I think that process of identifying strategies that children can use uh, when they can recognise they're going up in, 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 into that space, it's very unique and very particular for each child. And, but practising that, Practicing that in the good times, I think it's too late to practice it, like we said, when things are going wrong. But if we practice those things in the happy times when they're in that green zone that we say, when you start to get frustrated or when you're outside and you're playing with Tom and the handball game doesn't go quite how you might have thought it, would like, it should have gone, what's some things that you could do when you start to feel heightened? So I think a lot of that pre-practice um, with kids when they're happy is the goal to giving them those little auto automatic strategies that they can use when they start to get, to get more, more stressed. Thank you. Hi. I would like to ask that, as you mentioned about the photo album and you would use people's personal photos, did you build up an emotionally expressive photo album about not within families, but and even maybe on more emotions? You know what you can use more for adults? Because it's fairly difficult to find emotions otherwise. I just would like to use your oh, resources if you have interesting. them. Interesting, yeah. You, you're right. I think, so you're, you're thinking about um, not necessarily photos of your own life, but of sort of visual resources for others. Yeah, you're right. I know it's something, my, my, my honest answer is that it's something that with children, um, one, one of the, the initial learning experiences that we do is to say, go through you know, magazines and to, to, to cut out all the happy faces. Now let's go through the angry. And then as the children get older, we'd start to go into books and identify, say, characters in stories and say, look at novels and, you know, say, look at, um, look at a novel by Charles Dickens and look at the characters inside of that. And we're getting more, emotion, more emotionally complex re re responses to things. That's not a visual way. That's more going into sort of stories and characters. Um, I don't know. Oh, for you adults don't that language. don't necessarily yes, have the language, language that need and a the picture together. I mean, I everybody, even with autism, grows up. Ab absolutely. You know, no. there is just so far you can go with sad, happy, yes. frustrated, and angry. You're right. I mean, I'm thinking of a, a tool like uh, we were mentioning earlier about Pro, Pro Loco to Go. And it has a lot of, like, have you used, you think that's a little. Quite simple. Yeah, so you're wanting more of those emotionally. Yes, I know just like we have, I'm sure we all have, you know, certain emotional stuntness Absolutely. in ourselves, and yeah. we could work on ourselves, our children, our adult children. There's, there's, uh, there, there's two resources that I'm think, thinking of. One is um, the app ChoiceWorks. Have you seen ChoiceWorks? 
ChoiceWorks is, I always think of it as my Swiss Army Knife app. It's, it's a beautiful app in which it does three very simple things, and it's not age dependent. Like, it's not something that you'd open up and think, this is only for kids in kindergarten. It's a very generic interface, but it lets you do three things. It lets you make visual schedules and visual timetables with photos and videos and graphics. It lets you um, make waiting boards for people where uh, you can give them visual prompts for how long they might need to wait uh, before they talk to somebody or wait for someone to have a turn with, some with something. But the, the thing that's relevant to what you're talking about is it's got an emotional choice um, board, an emotional choice page where it comes with visual examples of how people are looking, but it lets you import your own, it lets you import photos and video, which, you know, when if you're sort of uh, doing a drama play with someone and you're modelling, you know, I'm really happy now, or I'm a little bit down now, and you put those into choice works and you can build up little folders where you might have a happy folder, you might have an anxious folder, you might have an angry folder, and you can go through and it says, when I'm feeling, and your emotions, so when I'm feeling angry, and you, you have that, that face there, here are the strategies that I can use, um, and you can import your own strategies or use strategies it comes with, and then once I'm back into that regulated zone, here are some things that I can do to just make me feel happy and good. So choice works is something that I'd have a long look at. The other one I was thinking of, is there an app, is, is there, is an app called Feelings, uh, Feeling Book, Feelings Book? And again, it's not an age-dependent app, and what, that's for iPhone, you can download it for iPad and then expand, but certainly the iPhone version is very nice. And uh, it, it lets you scaffold emotional investigations with um, people depending on the level in which they're at. So say for children, it might just have uh, two different, for very young children, it might just have two different feelings, happy, sad. As the children grow, you can expand the spectrum of how they're feeling, and you can input, I think, up to quite a complicated spectrum of feeling to say, well, I'm feeling absolutely elated, and this, this is what it looks like when that happens, right down to I'm feeling mis miserable and things are all going wrong. So feelings book and choice works, I'd have a look at for those more adult-focused emotional ex exploration apps. Yeah, P particularly choice works. I can't recommend that enough. I just, it's my little daily, like I said, Swiss Army knife. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> I have a, a four-year-old. Yep. Are there any apps that can help with the social aspects of autism? Oh, so just say that once more. There. Are there any apps that yep. can help with the social side of autism? The social side of autism. Ab absolutely. Um, there, there's an app that comes to mind, which is the Social Express. And what the Social Express is, it's an app uh, that... It comes with, it actually comes with a whole learning guide of um, different social exercises to practice with children. So it's got a little um, adult resource for, for you to read through and it gives you little activities and examples to do with kids. It comes with little videos of animated characters modeling social scenes and it's very appropriate to that just before you're getting to school level of sort of four, um, you know, before they've hit kinder in that it's got little videos of um, say a, a child going to get an ice cream, the ice cream falls off the, the cone, how do you feel, what, what, what do you go and do with someone else? Or it might model a play situation of two children playing and it says, you know, what, what could Tom do now to, to fix what's just happened? Or what could Tom do to walk over and ask someone that he wants, wants to have a game and play with them? So the Social Express is a really thorough sort of big program there that you could work through. Uh, I'd, I'd also be thinking of 
Um, even apps that are not, I mean, I, I love the Toka apps. I'm thinking of, you know, the Toka Boca series. Have you used those apps? I've seen things like um, Toka Shops, things like um, Toka Tea Party. Toka Tea Party is, I guess, an, an example of an app that it's, um, you load it up, it's got, a, it's got a plate on every side of the iPad, and it's got little cakes and, and little drinks and cups to choose from, and you would sit down with, with your child there and use um, the little tea party resources to have a play situation. So you're modelling the sort of language that you'd use there. Um, would, would you like a piece of cake? Oops, I've tipped over a glass. Let's wipe up that, that mess there. And it actually gives you um, a way to play out a social interaction like that, particularly for, for kids on, on the spectrum. I mean, we, we know that some of the kids in our class, we might have little plastic teapots and we might have little dinner plates and knives and forks, but it's just of no interest to our kids. They just don't. And they might not necessarily associate what they need to do with that stuff. It's not a real plate, so why would, would I be playing with it? But if you've got an app that can simulate that experience, um, it really gives you the opportunity to model that nice social play. So I, I'd say um, the Toka Boca apps, the Social Express, and the other thing I'd say is if you get a, an app like Book, book um, Creator or Pictello, I don't know if you've heard of Pictello, which is P-I-C-T-E-L-L-O. Pictello is a social story um, making app, which I thought just from, from, from your perspective, if you had particular social skills that you knew you wanted to focus on um, to be able to write your own social story take photos and video, the sort of social interactions that you want to practice with your child. An app like Pictello or Book Creator um, does that very nicely. So I'd have a look, look, look at those. But do, um, do, do jump on if you've got iTunes U into the iPad Model Classroom course, because we've got a, a list of all the social skills apps that we use and the learning resources around that. And I've got a book um, that's a free resource on the iBook store called the iPad Model Classroom, and that goes into the social skills lessons that we do in, in, in the classroom, which would be a bit of an idea for, for you, I guess, of um, what it would look like at school, so then you could sort of translate that into the home environment. Thank you. Hey, Craig. Um, my question is with regards to the iTunes U course that yep. you use in your classroom. Yep. My understanding is that the course is used to engage students in the learning of this, these emotions in the classroom. Yes. Uh, my question is, do you connect this learning to parents as well? And uh, if you do, are there any barriers? Because um, the logistics of using iTunes U in terms of the Apple ID and so on. Sure. And, and how successful are you if, if I'm planning on using it in my classroom? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. One of the things, uh, so we've, what, what we've been doing ap across the past couple of years at our school is establishing um, our Aspect Hun Hunter School as an iPad model school in which we have really uh, looked at the whole culture of the way in which you make some, something like iPad A success across the whole um, school in terms of, like you say, the families, the children, the other external professionals who might be working with that child, what sort of things do you do across that whole space to make it work? And one of the things that was crucial to us in, in the early days was to have a lot of parent workshops and to bring parents in. And one of the things that we do at the start of each year 
is uh, we have like little open days inside the classroom, you know, where the parents come into the classroom and uh, sit with the teachers and the teachers talk through the sorts of learning experiences that they'll be engaging the kids with across that term and they work through things like the inside like the iTunes Year course, to say, this is the scope and sequence of what we'll be doing this term. Um, here is how you can access this at home. And parents bring in their iPads, and we can help them set, set that up in the classroom. So it's not something that they are getting home without us having engaged with that. Because you're right, I mean, when, when we have tried to just more naturally um, play it off where we send a link home in, in the book, or we send a, a school bag not notif notification with the iTunes U link, the uptake from parents is a lot less um, because there are those bar barriers often about thinking, well, I, don't, I, I need a bit of guidance here. The workshop element for us, um, doing it with their little class visits to sit down and talk through, and oftentimes to get a child in the class to really be the one who shows the parents how it works and you know, here's how you access the course, here's the sorts of learning that, 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 that we're doing. That's, that's a fantastic thing. I'd say too that we use the iTunes U course in the classroom in different ways. For young children, um, they're not accessing the iTunes U course directly themselves. It's just a teaching framework that our teachers are pulling lessons out of and then adapting into the class. Whereas our older children in, say, years four, five, and six, they are actually physically going into the course themselves, bringing up the lessons and working through. So I think you've got to really look at the level at which the kids are at and then I guess, sort of scaffolding in that similar way to families about how they could access that too. Thank you. Hi, Craig. It's been fascinating listening to you. I'm just curious to know what inspired you to move into this line of work. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, maybe the picture with me with the Minecraft hat on uh, probably sums up that. I, I just, I, I think we just, the, the sorts of things that we can see our kids um, do and the way in which they grow when we put really interesting learning experiences in front of them. I, I wanted to work in a school. I mean, the reason that I'm with, um, say, Autism Spectrum Australia is I wanted to have an environment where I could be completely free to create and do really experimental things with kids that maybe there's not the boundaries to do inside a mainstream classroom where you've got such a dedicated, rigorous schedule of what you've got to get through each day. Even though we've got those same expectations, there's a lot more freedom and I thought, I just want to work with kids who we can put on Minecraft helmets, we can go in to create these amazing learning resources inside of the, the iPad and just play with the kids and sit down and see how that works. And uh, just, just to see the way, I mean, the, the, big thing, the, the, the big thing too for me is to see the way in which it goes from the classroom outside of school. Um, I, I often think, think about our kids when they leave school and um, they're on a bus, say, and they're going for a job interview or they're going for a date or what, whatever they're, that, that they're doing. And I think about every other person on that bus, they've got their iPhone out, someone's playing Angry Birds, someone's walking down the aisle and they've got their timetable out. And then if you've got one of our kids who's been through our school and they've been doing the sorts of learning experiences that, 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 that we do and they've got ProLoco to go open, um, they've got their social stories, they've got their Tokoboka apps, and you think the things that is giving that child the functional quality of life that they need to be independent and successful, it's on the exact same device that everyone else on that bus is using, but they're just using it to the absolute maximum ability that gives their, 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 their life that independence and meaning. And in special education, we've never had a period where a resource like that has been accessible to everybody 
and it's the coolest device they could possibly have. It's not a big, um, a big uh, board or a big button on a desk somewhere. It's just something that fits in, in, fits in their pocket. And for me, seeing that evolution of the classroom out into the big, bigger world is a huge source of joy. So yeah, it's brilliant. Amazing. Well, please join me in thanking our amazing guest Thank speaker you. tonight, Craig. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm in the green zone. Amazing. I'm feeling happy. <laughs> Just to my right here, we have a hands-on table um, for you guys to experience the iTunes U course and the Paper 53 app. So make sure you check that out before you leave tonight. And the best way to keep in touch with our upcoming events and workshops is through the Apple Store app. And if you're feeling inspired, we have some amazing workshops coming up. But once again, thank you all for coming. And we might give our amazing guest speaker one more round of applause. Thank you all. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank Nobody makes it from my ends I had to bust up the silence